On this week's show, Chatham skipper Jack Evans is desperate for the season to finish. There's a lot of time to actually do something different rather than just say, look, let's just do points per game. And Welling United manager Bradley Quinton is looking forward to getting back in action this weekend. When you're having nine league games, it's, 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 it's something that's really, really hard to try and get your head around at times. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, the first of 2021 no less, but in truth it's just like the 2021s, especially those in lockdown. This show is brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. After last week's effort, we've gone back to getting other voices on the show and we've got two cracking interviews for you. I'm John Phipps, who after 152 episodes, many of them in lockdown, is finally now doing a show in his pyjamas. And on the line now is my favourite school teacher, it's Mr Matt Gerrard. Good evening Mr Gerrard, how are you mate? Not bad. Uh, just to clarify, you're doing it in the pyjamas because we are recording this eight o'clock on a Wednesday, so it's not the lunchtime one, and he hasn't bothered to get out of his pyjamas uh, during the day. So it's a late. Well, you say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we are from there. Yeah. I haven't been doing much education. A little bit after hours because I've got to work and things like that. So, but um, and my oldest daughter can do it herself because the schools are really good and. She's on teams all the time. So it's just, it's all pretty rubbish, isn't it, really? <laughs> there you go, but there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough, isn't it? Uh, obviously, we're, we're now back in the lockdown. I mean, personally speaking, it hasn't made a lot of difference to me because we were at that level anyway. Yeah, um, that was our theory, that nothing really technically changed apart from the kids being at home. Yeah. Um, so it's, we can't really, yeah, you can't do anything. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an absolute farce. Um, from what you know we knew we were coming to this but clearly the government didn't until they were forced to is that basically yeah it? i mean well i mean having watched uh the beloved prime minister on andrew marr on sunday morning saying oh it's definitely safe for the kids to go back to school tomorrow and then on monday evening saying it's definitely not safe for the kids to go to school i think that just tells you everything uh, that you need to know doesn't it yeah absolutely i think um it, that is a bit of a farce so um but we are we, are, we have to get on with it and um Fingers crossed that we will eventually sort of get somewhere soon, really. Um, but again, we always thought January and February were going to be a write-off, and that could well be the case, couldn't it? To be honest, so and, and it, it, it maybe in football in terms as well, it could be. So that's the other concern, isn't it? So. It really is, and we'll, uh, we'll discuss that at length in the minutes to come. Now, despite Matt's many commitments, he somehow managed to call me in the middle of both of this week's interviews. So uh, in both of those chats, you will hear the unmistakable beep of a call waiting, and both of them are from Matt Gerrard. I do have other friends, I promise. Uh, it's our 153rd episode this week, and that seems to be a big number in the military world, uh, with all number of craft having that name, especially from America, it seems. The one that stood out for me uh, from the long list that I saw was the USS Bernadou, which was a Navy Wix-class destroyer during the Second World War. And given how they messed up my kitchen the days before this podcast, I would firmly back anything that can destroy Wix. Other kitchen providers are available, and I implore you to use any of them ahead of that lot, especially if you live in the Sittingbourne area. That's sued by Wix, then, if we've got anybody listening. Well, to be fair, they still owe me money, so I'll just have it taken back off them. It's fine. All right, all right that's fine then, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was, I was pretty big on it at the time. Uh, oh, I remember that you had an issue with it, yeah. So, yeah, uh, and uh, I still don't feel that we were suitably compensated for it, to be honest. An absolute shambles from start to finish. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was four years ago this week. This week it was all going on, uh, and not for not weeks that I look back on fondly. It's safe to say. <laughs> 
Anyway, on with the show in the week that the new lockdown was announced and brought in. For those of us without children, as we've already said, it hasn't really changed anything. But it has pretty much confirmed that for all of our non-elite teams, there's no chance of any football anytime soon. With cases continuing to run riot across the National Leagues, there are also plenty of voices saying that football higher up the pyramid should also be paused. There's lots of options for both levels, so we did a couple of polls on our Twitter feed yesterday. Stunningly, they were the most popular polls we've ever done even more popular than the egg one. Uh, and I have the results here. So the National League, 50% of the people who answered our poll said the league should continue. 24% said they should be paused. Uh, 17%, many surely from the Crabble area, believe it should be null and void. And 9% went for the option of playing half the games, which I suppose would make no sense, actually, as some of the teams managed to play both of their Derby doubleheaders over the festive period. Uh, in our poll about the rest, a half season with the winner, with 36% pipping null and void by 4%. Uh, two season points per game had 23% of the vote, and 9% wanted something else, which I just assume is uh, a full season. Among those who had their say on the issue were Chatham Town skipper Jack Evans. So I caught up with him earlier today. I personally think it should finish, but obviously I totally understand and take into uh, consideration why it's at a time that no one was prepared for and no one knows what's going to happen. So I totally agree. I understand a lot of people's thoughts on it, but I just hope and think that the league maybe shouldn't take a rash decision in the first week of January after we've played quite a few games as it is. And um, I feel that a lot of... There's a lot of time to actually do something different rather than just saying... Look, let's just do points per game in the like in January. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think we need to learn the lessons from last year when the decision was made far too early, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. I just feel like we've played a fair chunk of games, and I just think if you were to ask the teams at the top who are going for promotion, like the, there's a fair few teams that can still do it. I, don't, I think they'll all say to you that well, we've got a chance of going up on merit. At, and if there's enough time to play games, we'd rather do that. And I think it's the same for the people nearer the bottom of the league. They're all going to say, oh, well, we shouldn't go down because we had, we think in ourselves we had enough to stay up. So I'd, like you said, I think we've got to wait and don't take um, like too much of a hasty decision on it. In terms of the, if you only play each other once, do you think that's a, a level playing field? Or, or do you think other people might say, well, we didn't get the chance to play Chatham at home, we might have beaten Chatham at home, and so on and so forth? Yeah, I, I, I do get that. I did think, I did think about this. I, I think it's got to be a, unfortunately, everyone's got to agree to, to like a fair way, so we all agree on it, because like you said, you're going to get some people saying, oh, we could have played them here, we could have played them there, do you know what I mean? But uh, I think if we are going to do it, no disrespect to the league or anything like that, I can't, I get that there's a few of us with um, artificial pitches, but I don't think you should really take into consideration home and away in our league, really. I get that there's a lot of better, there's some better pitches and stuff like that, but really you shouldn't, worry too much about it and I think everyone should want to be able to finish it like, fairly by playing that's the thing is it from a player's point of view I suppose you've put a lot of effort into this season as you did last season and you don't want it to count for nothing again yeah it, it, it does take a, it seems to take a lot out of you like stop starting which wasn't great I feel like we had a good say 12 I think it's about 12-13 games and I thought everyone 
was just in and this was it now we, we've got up to the worst of it but how quickly it's changed and we're back to it was one minute we was eating at restaurants all together and then the next minute you can't see your family at Christmas so uh, I hopefully it changes as quick as that back into our favour but like I said I've no one was expecting it, and I do feel sorry for anyone that has to make decisions on it. Yeah, looking more generally, Chatham have played 11 league games. You've won 10 of them. you scored 60 goals. It must be great fun to be part of this Chatham team. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Like, like you said, we've scored a lot of goals, and it's, it's very enjoyable in that sense. But uh, like you said, I don't really want it to finish. And we've tried we've a lot of hard work behind the scenes at our football club especially um, on the training ground and staff doing everything and you feel like if it's just going to stop it's uh, not worthwhile at all but like I said the, the, the players have been brilliant so far we've only lost I think two games um, in one in the bars and the FA Cup and one in the league so three games and two like senior opposition so uh, it's going really well so we didn't want it to stop at all and um, we're all itching to get back so Fingers crossed, like I said, we can be back sooner rather than later. We've noticed throughout the season as well, Jack, you've had the knack of scoring the opening goal. Is that something that, that has just kind of happened? You just get in the right place at the right time? Yeah, I think I can't say that I uh, have got a um, talent of scoring the first goal, unfortunately. But uh, luckily, it has fell to me uh, more than more than not. And um, I'm chipping in with a few goals. But uh, everyone's... Um, been really good, especially up the top end on the numbers front of it. And uh, but I think we've built quite a good base from the back this year. And um, we've, even our defenders are even chipping in with goals. And our manager's quite big on that. We defend as a team and all attack as a team. So uh, we're all chipping in, and hopefully it uh, continues. There must be a real desperation at the club to to get out of this level because Chatham should should be at a higher level than you are, shouldn't you? Yeah, I, I won't uh, deny, I, I, like I said earlier, no disrespect to the league, but the facilities we've got and the backing, like the, we've got owners that don't want to be in the league, we've got everyone from the staff to the players, to the supporters, we all want to be uh, promoted and to kick on and hopefully have aspirations to be a lot higher than what, where we are at the moment. So, And we feel like we're in a good place to... Uh, start this journey as, as you will and uh, crack on but um, like, unfortunately we're in a bit of a sticky time and um, we can't really decide what we're doing at the moment but um, we've got every we've recruited really well in the summer we've had players brought in and uh, all want to do the same thing and they're all on the same uh, path so fingers crossed we can get back and uh, start to continue this journey Obviously, elite games have been paused for quite a while now, but in the middle of it all, you had that FA Vars game. You, you were beaten, but how was that as an experience coming from playing nothing into such a big game? Yeah, it was... I wouldn't say it was perfect preparation, but I wouldn't use it as an excuse because we we had training... Well, we try, I think we try, only trained maybe even once or twice before the... Once or twice before the first... Um, Vars game and then we had a couple of weeks off and then we had to train and then it wasn't ideal preparation but we was all kept with programs and stuff to keep fit and train so I can't use it as an excuse I don't think we had enough chance we 
all admitted we've not done enough on the day. We've had a lot of teams would say we've had enough chances to win, but I don't think we um, performed how we wanted to perform, and uh, we've missed we've missed out on a really good opportunity this year. And just finally, I suppose you're you're obviously we know that health's got to come first, and we know why we've got to do this. But for you, the the scaffold season has got to finish somehow, and there's got to be promotion from this league this season. Yeah, I'd like to think so. Um, definitely, like I said, hopefully it can be done on merit, and we can play some games and uh, actually get it done properly. And well, like I said, everyone's got to agree to it. But I can't see how you could start the season and clubs have put so much into it and and not get rewarded some way at the end of the year, whether you obviously stay in the division or you get promoted to the division above but I totally understand if the leagues above say for example go look we can't, we're, we're just going to null and void it I'm not sure how it works us getting promoted in our league not uh, following their steps Matt, Jack Evans wants the season's finished but crucially he's hoping that there's no rash decisions and after last season's mess I hope that's the case too with the new lockdown and everything what's your current thoughts on steps three to six? <sighs> I would say it's going to be a struggle to complete this season, this season, which opens it up of maybe extending this season to whenever it can start again. So I haven't read the statement, but the scaffold came out and there. Everything's on the table, isn't it? And but what did they say when they're going to make a decision then? Well, I have the statement is just loading up in front of me. Yeah, they've they've kind of said... Uh, it's not going to be just their decision, it's going to be everybody else's, but they are going to speak to clubs. So here is the statement from the scaffold, which was released on Tuesday. Uh, the board of directors met on Monday evening prior to the announcement made by Boris Johnson. Our last communication to clubs was before the Tier 4 restrictions came into force on December the 19th, and as such, the situation has again evolved somewhat. All Southern Counties East League football matches have now been paused indefinitely. In addition, the board will give 14 days notice for a restart date. We know our clubs will look to the league for guidance on the way ahead, but given the current climate, it's not possible to set any guaranteed date of returning to playing games. All scenarios are up for discussion. We are fortunate that our chair, Denise Richmond, is also a Step 5-6 FA Council representative and as such is regularly in contact with all chairmen across the country and can give the board an extra insight into potential outcomes. A director spent some time discussing various scenarios for the 2020-21 season. Although accepting that we cannot make any decisions unilaterally as we are part of the National League decision, we will continue to work on these possible scenarios before discussing further with clubs. We will call an all-clubs meeting to be held virtually later this month to see if there is a consensus on the potential way forward to present to the FA. Um, so we will see what happens with that. But Jack Evans there, Matt, was, was pretty clear on, on his views of let's get the season done. It's, we, we can't, we don't want it to stop. We we don't want it to be on points per game over two seasons. We want to play the games and, and win the league basically on the pitch rather than getting promoted any other way. Yeah, I think the issue you're going to have on this is what are the other leagues above them do it as well? There's going to be a, a unanimous decision from the top if they want the football pyramid to continue, isn't it? So you could do get the promotion and relegations in the other league. I, I think he's right not making a rash decision. But the way it's going at the moment, they're probably going to have to make a decision because... You're thinking, I see the, the, the lockdown on this. This was in government terms. They said that we could go to the 31st of March. If that continues within this lockdown, we're never going to be completing this season. So do they pause this season and go again? Um, go along as long as possible. And 
I can see as a footballer, you've got to be rewarded for the hard work you've done. And the, the, I don't think it will look good on the both leagues if two seasons we've discussed this before, you don't get any promotion or relegation. So it's it, it's difficult. I, I don't think the, the one game option is a way forward, even though I probably the scaffold could do that because they don't because they don't produce their fixtures, do they? They can work things mm. out. They week month by month they do the fixtures, so they could possibly do that. But I presume the scaffold is reliant on leagues above because you don't want to finish your league and say um, Isthmian Southeast doesn't finish because you'll never they probably won't be accepted in that position if they null and void that. So it is a, a real can of worms. Um, but I can see from a footballer's point of view where it is. And I'm going more and more at all levels of saying, right, let's pause it and let's start when we can do again. And if this season has to continue into the winter um, and then we worry about that going forward from there. I think one thing we've got to remember is that uh, the FA are desperate to even up the pyramid because it is uneven at the moment. Uh, They're trying to make some changes they want to get National League North and South back to 24 teams this was supposed to be brought in uh, for the season that we're currently in now so they want to get back up to 24 teams in the National League National League South National League North because none of those actually have 24 teams one of them has 21 teams at the moment uh, there will be another di- uh, they want to add another division at step four level uh, which will be in the north of the country so that's the same level as the Eastman League Southeast. Uh, and they want to get all those teams up. So a lot of teams are going to have to be promoted into that league if they want to do that. I think they've got to do that now so that when football, when the season does restart or when the new season starts, so 20, uh, 21, 22 season, which will start at some point. But let's make sure that those things are in place. So if that's what they've got to do, they've got to find the, the, the holes to do that. And I think they've got to find a way of doing that. Now, be that playing what what they can once the lockdown's over that may work or the two season points per game it's for me it's one of those two options i have the two season points per game uh, in front of me for the scaffold uh, which I, uh, I drew up uh, myself a, a little bit although apparently the scaffold have done it themselves um at the moment that's not points per game though is it or or is it yeah two season points per game is right. the way I, I, I've chosen to look at it because the top five teams from the scaffold uh, have played between them over the p- course of the two seasons. One's played 35, one's played 36, one's played 37, one's played 39 and one's played 40. So that's how you'd have to do the. That's yeah. why you'd have to do a points per game. Uh, so if it were done on that uh, basis, uh, as things currently stand, uh, Corinthian would be top with 2.38 points per game. Second place at this exact moment in time is Sheppey United uh, with 2.22, just ahead of Jack Evans' Chatham with 2.20. However, I understand that at some point soon, Chatham are going to be giving an extra three points, which would then change things and put them second. What, what, What are they getting two points for? There was a game that they played earlier this season, which was abandoned. Right. Uh, and I understand that uh, a decision is likely to be made that that game will be awarded to Chatham Town and they therefore will get the three points right. for that game. So that would that could be a, a massive, massive, massive thing um, going forward uh, it, in that so way. So going on this, could you say you'd have a five-team playoff then? 
well, this is a, a, another thing I was going to say. There is a suggestion um, from uh, from a club, as again, as I understand, that the top uh, eight teams from points per game be put forward over the past two seasons, be put forward into a knockout competition with obviously the winner being promoted, the second place team going into a playoff. Um, but for me, that is a non-starter purely and simply because Ballam are sixth in this season's uh, scaffold division, this season's scaffold table. So for me, that's that's got to be a non-starter. Could you possibly do that with the top four though, which would be Corinthian, Chatham, Sheppey and Beckenham. Now, I would look at that and I would say, do you know what? I probably haven't got a problem with that because those four teams have been consistently excellent over the past two seasons. If anyone's going to go up, it's got to be one of those four. So maybe that's the solution. The champions you got and this runners up, could they go into another playoff if they lose that? They could like a lucky loser thing. Well, there was the, the plan was originally when all this started um, was that there were a team at the bottom of the division above would go into a playoff with the team who finishes second. Right. So last season we were looking at, uh, it would have been East Grinstead, obviously well adrift at the bottom uh, and they would have played whoever was second, but we don't know what's going to happen with that. And that's, that's, you know, again, that's where the Eastman league have got to, got to make a decision before the scaffold can. And, and we will see what happens with that, but there's going to be enough spaces in the leagues above. And I think it's a good chance to have a sort of reset of it and, and find a way. And, you know, Jack Evans there has said, we want to play games. You want to win the league on the pitch. So why not? Let's try and do that. But so that means there's no need to rush in decisions. Here we are on the 6th of January. Let's not think about what's going to happen in May. Let's focus on getting rid of this virus and seeing where we go. And, and although they've said end of March, they have also said the only reason they've put those the, the dates on it is so that they can ease it using the tier system. So it might be that come the start of March, they'll be looking and saying, well, no, Kent has, has got lower cases, so you can come back into tier one. And then we're back where we started. So we've just got to wait. We've just got to wait and see what happens. Wait until this is this is over, I think, as far as I'm concerned. So from a Kent non-league podcast, um, if we were going to release a statement, are we saying, or I'm saying, that we try and finish this season wherever that may be? I'm thinking at all levels, even though, you know, from a personal point of view, if they null and voided the National League, people would say, you know, oh, that's a good decision. But <laughs> from a footballing decision and what's happened before to some of our Kent sides, we feel that we have got to complete this season by hook or by crook, whenever that may be. Is that, is I that, would say that's where I'm coming from. I would say the only thing I would say to that is not whenever it may be, because that could be this time next year uh, in a timely manner to restart the 2021-22 season, hopefully in August. I would I would is the only thing I would add to that. But yeah, that's I'm, I'm happy with that as, a, as our official view. So you still think you need to start the next season, whatever that is, in the in the allotted time? Yeah. So we could start it again. October time if we have to finish in middle of July June yeah possibly July. yeah but what we've done this season is a potential way of doing it but as far as I'm concerned yeah we can't keep on going until whatever because ultimately it's part of a pyramid and it's all going to come down to the Premier League and the Premier League 
and the Football League are going to finish in May. So they're going to be restarting in August. So we've got to look carefully about that because obviously there's a knock on of the FA Cup and everything like that. But yeah, as far as I'm concerned, let's try and get the season done by the end of June. And that, if it's resolved, it's resolved. If not, find a way of making it resolved. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, even though in my heart, hearts, yeah, I think you've got, if you come this far now, but again, behind closed doors with no money coming in, that's another issue, isn't it? So if we can start football, but not with crowds, if it went to tier two, well, whatever tip that is, that the other issue is the crowd situation. Our club's going to make any money because we always said that non-league could not play without crowds. Exactly. So we shall see what happens with that. Uh, back to that Jack Evans chat, Max. I did. I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. I thought you made some good points about how they're enjoying their football and, and obviously that they, they have ambitions of getting higher at the pyramid. And that's why it's so frustrating for them, possibly more than any of our other teams, that they're so much in limbo when they have got the potential. He said, no disrespect to the scaffold. We don't want to be in the scaffold and, and they should be higher up and they want to be higher up. And the only way they're going to do that is by the season finishing. Yeah, you can see by the appointment of the manager, Scott Lindsay, who's, you know, coached in the Football League, coached. Uh, a, a very good, highly rated coach. So off the field, they're doing it and they've been derailed by the COVID virus. So they're run pretty well. Um, then they're in a level they shouldn't be in. Um, they seem to have sorted that out with the issues previously with the new management, the players that they can attract. So as we said before, the Scaffold's a great league and there's some good teams in there. And a lot of them want to get out of this division. But Chatham probably, with the, you know, I would probably say the budget and the players they've got should be favourites to do that. And if they go ahead and they'll be desperate to, to start again, you can see why they want to do it. Because Jack Evans is probably a Ryman Premier League player, I would say. So, And you can see by the amount of goals he scored and the levels he's played at before, he is a good player and he's playing a level below that he probably should be. But he can see the benefits of playing for Chatham under Scott Lindsay can improve his game. And as you said in that interview, week in, week out, he scores goals. So... Um, the player that he is, he, he, he's far too good for that level, and he wants to move up with Chatham. And good luck with it from there. So um, he wouldn't do be attracted you, to playing that. Do you want to guess how many goals Jack Evans scored in the year of 2020? For I would say about 20, 22. 26. He got out of 109. Uh, that yeah, the chat scored, which is impressive. And, and you said the chats are, are pretty well run during there. I would actually go further and I'd say they're an excellently run club. Yeah. They've got a mental health ambassador who's on hand during the difficult times at the moment. So you can get in touch with him. All the details of that are on Twitter. That they, 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 The work they've done, the community obviously won them that award and we spoke yeah. to their chairman. They are a fantastically run club. And obviously there's a lot of teams in the scaffold that we really like, that we want them all to do well. But... For me, they are one of the teams up there who you're like, well, it's hard because pretty much all of the top three on the on on the points per game, I'd love to see get promoted. So I, I don't really want to single chat them out and say I want I, I want to see them doing well, but their potential is massive. So you, you would want them to fulfil that potential because they could be a real power in, in this county if they as soon as they can get out of this of this league. Yeah, yeah, I think the stepping stones are there for that. So and I'm sure that all everybody's desperate to to start again. Um, you don't want to lose that momentum, which I think uh, is a big thing of um, if you can't get going again. So it must be frustrating. Um, 
but fingers crossed we'll do it. And Jack came across really well. So, um, yeah, great. And exactly, you said, you know, what they're doing off the field, what they did before is first class. And um, we've got maximum respect for that. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love there to find a way, certainly, where the top three could all be promoted because that would just be brilliant because they're all big rivals anyway. Uh, and I think that would be superb to see that continue at the next level up. Um, and as I say, all great clubs, Corinthian, Chatham and Sheppey. Uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd love two into threes or three into two is not going to go. Um, but I hope that, that somewhere the footballing gods can find a way and say these three teams are too good and get them both up because they're well clear on this points per game over two seasons been consistently brilliant all of them so it'd be great to see them all get promoted uh, Good bit, yeah. and thanks for jack for coming on appreciate that absolutely yes uh internationally south now and there have been some fixtures played but we're now going to hear from man who side have played the fewest games of any of our sides at that level in fact they've played the fewest games of anyone in that division in total with two cup exits as we discussed last week they've played 11 games so far this season Welling United hope to play for the first time since December the 15th on Saturday when they travelled to face Oxford City. And earlier on today, I spoke to Wings boss and all-round good bloke, Bradley Quinton. I started by asking him about their return to action on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, obviously, we you know now to able to come out of isolation period and able to train and stuff like that. And obviously, with the players trying to keep them fit online and stuff that we can do, of, of what we've always tried to do and, and help the players tick over as much as possible um, is the only thing you can really do because we're not full-time do you know what I mean like other elite clubs and uh, there's no bubbles as such as what we can do but we have to stay within the areas of what we can do and we follow all the guidelines as, as, as important as what we are um, before we go training or before we go to, to any matches and that's what we try and follow I've done some very rough calculations and I think Saturday is 14 weeks since the start of the season and it's only your 12th competitive game. I mean, I know this is an unprecedented season, but that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, there's no consistency. Um, it's, you know, you try and set out for one pre-season period, you then start where you think you're going to come back and then go into another lockdown where you have to stop and you lose some players and um, they don't come back because they've been offered you know, proper money and good money, improved offers, and, and you've got to try and redo everything again. Um, so it's it's been tough, um, I think, mentally and physically on the players as well. Um, so, yeah, trying to prepare for opposition um, is another thing which I love doing um, and plan for midweek training sessions, but then that team catches it off of another team and then you haven't got a game because... They've gone down with it, hence the reason why we've probably played the least amount of games in our league. Um, and as you say, this time of year, only having nine league games is, 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 is something that's really, really hard to try and get your head around at times. And it's impossible to build any sort of momentum when you're playing so little, isn't it? Yeah, it is because, you know, fitness as well. You get players as well who um, then get attracted because they're not on contracts and stuff like that, or certain players are on contracts, so you're able to try and keep them happy. Um, and then obviously other clubs are, are out and if they put seven down etc etc and it, you know you're always worrying about that you try and prepare and then you try and look at bringing in players and then you think oh they've got to have a COVID test they've got to have a test how fit are they when they've been out they've been in the league lower how long they've been out how long was their last competitive game so then you have to try and get them up to levels of where we are uh, and obviously understand how we play um, it, it's yeah it's something that it's you know no one's ever had to do before um anyone not just myself but um yeah it's the momentum is is to try and fixate and try and concentrate of, of within the group 
um, of only having six or seven in, in one dressing room at a time. And then the other dressing room, we have to go in and then try and coach the same sort of remit, um, people understanding each other of where they should be, etc. You know, you, you echo in everything and all your thoughts and all your coaching efforts again and again and again. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's awkward at times um, for, for managers and coaches um, in the current climate. I make it you've got seven new players available to you for, for Saturday's game as well. So obviously you're keeping busy, comings and goings, and I suppose it is almost starting afresh for you on Saturday. Every week, every week you have to try and approach it because then, as I said, the other team could go down with it or one of our coaches and um, other members in the staff or in the camp, the kit man, etc., could get it. And then, you know, you have to try and regroup. How long is that person going to be out? Do you need to improve? Do you need to strengthen? And, and other leagues have obviously stopped and will they continue? You never know. But like I say, you, you have to just keep, you know, mixing um, the right formulas for, for the current climate and for the right uh, opposition, uh, as well as the, you know, the clubs ethos and what we're following and, you know, finances, etc. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, job, but obviously it's something that I love doing. And you've gone down into, as you mentioned, the, the sort of lower leagues and, and you've brought in a player that we really, really like on the podcast, Joe Taylor, a player who has scored goals everywhere he's been. I guess it's a good opportunity for him and he must be grateful that Craig Wanderers have let him come and play with you. Yeah, it's been great, um, obviously, with what they're able to do and, and obviously we're looking after them as much as we can do and keeping them ticking over and you never know if their league's going to come back. If it doesn't, then obviously we're... We'll, you know, we get on well with Tony and stuff like that. But yeah, as you said, he's a he's a fantastic player. Um, as is, you know, Reese Morel Williams, who we signed as well. Um, they're, they're very very talented players who've uh, enjoyed their time at Cray, and, and and obviously I've you know been in touch, and we appreciate what Tony's done and allowed us to come online. And um, yeah, we, we them two will give us such a threat. Um, I think they're exceptional players, and, and as you mentioned, they're. They're good guys as well, but they're, they're certainly uh, players that really will cause you know teams dangerous, and, and hopefully they starts from Saturday. Yeah, and Oxford City on Saturday, obviously, who the team who beat you in your last game, but that, that was a long time ago now. But I suppose there's still that element of revenge. But also, you want to get a result and, and start moving away from the foot of the table. Yeah, we're confidently in you know in what we can do. You know, you go on the two, three games, and you're in and around eighth, ninth, tenth in the league, and. <laughs> It's completely different, but then you could go down into another lockdown again, and, and then other teams could overtake you by playing more games, etc. But you have to just try and get a momentum going and stay healthy and stay safe and keep everyone's family, and that's the most important thing. Um, but yeah, we, we take one game. We're looking forward to Oxford, and obviously we got beat, you know, by a set piece that we didn't communicate in the opposed. So um, things that we we've learned our lessons and. Uh, we should have took our chances in the game, but they've done a job on us at this level. You need to take your chances and, and then shut up shop and you know stop giving away mistakes. So um, we're looking forward to, to, to kind of play them at their ground. And uh, we obviously know what we need to do now. We've brought in some you know uh, improved talent who, who want to you know take their opportunity and take the chance at this level. Obviously, the knock-on of having not played many games is you've got a lot left. I've, again, I've done some more rough calculations, but I make it. 31 league games in 144 days. So that's going to be tough, isn't it? Yes. Um, there's going to be a lot of coffee taken, drinking, you know, at times to keep a lot of players up and awake um, with the travelling that we'd have to do as well, you know, um, as and when you can do that. And obviously, but yeah, any player would tell you, whether you're training or 
would you rather play matches? I'm sure it'd be, you know, the latter. And, and obviously, we all look forward to it. But listen, it's going to be tough for us. And it's going to be tough for every team. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more uh, stop-start scenarios, and um, we just hope we can try and get a momentum going and uh, get some points on the ball because you know we've been losing by the odd goal, and it's frustrating, especially with not starting and carrying on games. It's you're always trying to. Uh, go again and, and, and correct your mistakes, but then you, you can't correct them because you know the COVID happens and you have to isolate again. So it's more frustrating for us. Um, but yeah, like, like you say, it's there's a long way to go. The season, <laughs> this time of year, is normally in the nitty gritty time you start looking at playoffs and stuff like that. But it's it, for me the league it's virtually started. Um, you know, it's preparation for. Um, like mini pre-seasons and such uh, or teams going away on international duty you know you've got to try and prepare yourself in that manner but as I say we're, we're not full-time but um, we have to get on with it and you know we have to start getting some points on the ball When your Braintree team got promoted a few years ago you had a brilliant end to the season so I guess you're trying to find that spirit again aren't you? Yeah that's something that we're, you know we're always good at you know the team um, in, you know the financial what we did to get the club promoted in in that league was remarkable and in the short time of what we've done and took over from when they got relegated and get them back in one season promoted was, was a, you know, a marvellous achievement. Um, but as you said, the games that we went on, we started with just before Christmas in around top of the league and then we went on a bit of a bad run and then right at the end, I think nearly 10 or 11 games unbeaten, um, I think eight on the trot and, you know, the playoffs happened and drawing penalties and, and, such, and so and such. Uh, got us over, you know, the finish line. So it's something that we we, we pride ourselves in doing, and uh, we're looking forward to it as long as we can, you know, get a good run of consecutive games and you know, on the right Do you think there's any danger this season it isn't going to finish in the National League South, or, or that the fixture congestion is, is just going to become too much for some clubs? We had this chat on, on Tuesday, um, sorry Monday, um, and uh, the, the, the main chat from myself to my staff and to reiterate to the players is. Everything's key in life about, you know, family and health. And um, we pride ourselves on playing football because we're really good at it and we're good at our jobs and, and it's the greatest thing on earth. But with everything what's going on and how bad it's got, you you have to start taking things into perspective and, and worrying about everyone in and, in and around the club and then your family as well. Um, so to try and get all the games completed in time for playoffs, promotions, Cup finals, etc., all the way through down to our league, it's, it's getting harder and harder, um, especially our level. I, I I worry that the league's not going to be complete. I do, I really do. And then um, you, then you look at what what happens then. Um, but the most important thing I keep saying to my players: please be honest with us, be honest with everyone, be honest with your you know your family and friends, and keep yourself as safe as possible. Get your test done, um, and, and look after each other because. Football will always be there eventually, um, but the main thing is is staying healthy and staying safe. Some very sensible points to end that chat with with, with Brad there, Matt, and he's, he certainly has got his priorities right, but he is keen for his side to get up that table, isn't he? Yeah, eleven games in fourteen weeks. Did you say in that? Yeah, Which is absolutely crazy. Um, you expect that in the middle of February and March, but where there's bit bad in those sort of periods but that is an absolute thing and he mentioned there you get you can't get any consistency in I liked it when he sort of it's, it's made him look at things a little bit different as a coach how he can work things um 
he mentioned momentum as well. Probably can't get anywhere, but I'm sure he's doing the right things off the pitch with the Zoom things. And it must be difficult as well when you're part-time, when the players are, you know, got the day job, having issues, come and do it in the evening. The moment the, you know, their sort of thing, how, you know, you know, they're appealing. Can we go and do this after work when you know you're not going to be playing? So you're using your managerial skills. And we know Brad Quinton has those, does very well at this level when he did with Braintree. So his man management skills come into the fore. So and I quite like it that um, he's brought seven new players in. He, he's it's very easy to think, well, we'll sit there, see what we got and go from there. But he's been pretty proactive with some good signings in the transfer market to get welling up the, the, the table. So um, fingers crossed they can do it. But again, I think they could do with playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the end of the month, John, just to get them up there and see what this squad is about. Well, yeah, they've already got six games scheduled uh, for the month starting on Saturday. So that I think they're pretty much full in terms of where they're heading this month. But I was looking at the fixtures before I, I, I spoke to to Brad, I had a look down and I was like, well, they've got six games scheduled for January, five for February, only four in March, six in April, six in May. And I did some quick maths and worked out they've got another four to fit in as well uh, in that already. And as he was saying there, the frustration is, is you can prepare and prepare and prepare. And then there's a case somewhere else and that game gets called off and then it's all getting moved around. And it's, go- it's going to be tough. Uh, I-, I did like the line he said there where he said, any player who you speak to, I'm sure they'd much rather be playing matches than training. But we're also going to be having to have a lot of coffee to keep people awake. And he's right about the travelling. You know, they've got to go to Bath on a Tuesday night. They've got to go to Chippenham. They've, you know, they've got to go. They've got to go to Haven't. There's a lot of travelling in this league. And when you're cramming fixtures in like that, it's going to be tough for them, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if you can travel on a coach on those sort of situations. No, well. you can't at the moment. No, so that's it's I tough on the players on this point of view. So. Um, I suppose you can't, well, I suppose the fixtures are out. They can't, the league couldn't say, right, let's try and organise some of this around that. I presume you can't do that now, can you? The fixtures are out, the fixtures are out. To make it a little bit easier for these things and say to clubs, can we sort of maybe swap some fixtures around? Maybe the league could come up with that to make it easier for some of the clubs as well, rather than the Tuesday, but that's a, that's a different story. But you know, it, it, I'm sure he's making sure the preparation is right when, when he can do. But it, again, he must... He, he must, when he get when his phone rings and it's his chairman or saying, and he's concerned, oh, we've lost another game because somebody else has got it, or he reads on Twitter, it must be um, confusing. So just hope they can get a run of games in. But looking at the certain situations, John, do you really think they'll be able to play six games? No, I, that's the concern, isn't it? And it is, it is really hard. And I, I mean, I was looking at all sorts. Of, and the other thing, which was mentioned there, they've only played three league games at home. <laughs> It's the 6th of January. They're even away on Saturday. So the pitch at Parkview Road is going to take an absolute hammering as well over the coming weeks with lots of games to be played there. If the weather's bad, I mean, they're talking about a new beast from the east. This is going to be an absolute nightmare. I think we might get to the stage with Welling United where they're going to be playing three games a week and there might even be a week where they have to play four. And I think it's a it's a really desperate situation. But... He wants the season to finish, although he doesn't necessarily think it will. But what, what can you do? This is this is the difficulty. The, the National League have made a rod for their own back by deeming themselves elite sport. And we've discussed that enough. The whys and wherefores Did of you that. You see that haven't had more games off and haven't one of the main protagonists in all this. Yeah, they exactly. Ridic- really low amount of games because of their yeah. cup. Didn't get so, promoted either, did they? No. <laughs> 
Uh, it's, I think the point there, what you said about the league has got to come into control. There's a few things today. I think the some national league clubs are concerned about the finances because now the money's where's the money going to come from? Because that's up to uh, December, wasn't it? And we've had the issue with the uh, that money being allocated, which we're not going to go into until we know a little bit more. Uh, and I see Slough today, I've come out and said, right, let's have a pause of the league. And I think at some point, the National League has got to sit back and say, right, where are we going? We've said this every week. They're right, what are we going to do? As I say, I don't think you can null and void it now. You've got to have a pause in this league and say to the clubs, what are we going to do? Because... In a month's time, Welling could have played 13 league games, and, and in a month, you're not still not going to get anywhere. And it's no good for the leagues if Welling are playing Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, because it, it will make a mockery of this division if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, Welling have played nine, as we said. Uh, Slough haven't walked Louisville and Maidstone have all played 10. St Albans have played 11. The rest have played 12, 13 or 14. Or lucky Hungerford have played 15 of their uh, 40 league games in that division. Uh, And it is tough. Welling, though, they are moving things around. As I said, seven new signings they've got available for them for the weekend. And uh, said about Joe Taylor, a player that we both like a lot, a really lovely lad as well. And Bradley Quinton, full of praise for him already. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see um, if he can score goals at this level, which I'm sure he can because he's banged them in. Um, he must have played this level for Margate, maybe, Conference South. So he's probably played this level before. Possibly. I think he has played at that level before. So, but... yeah. So if you're a goal scorer, you know, and he's full of confidence. Every week for Cray, he was banging them in. So a bit of credit for Tony Russell at Cray as well for letting his players go because it could only benefit them going forward. So... He could have said, no, he's our player, wouldn't it? But players want to play. And I think Welling have utilised the system pretty well there to get some um, Isthmian League players in the squad. And I'll be looking out for the results. And I'll be looking out at the team as well the weekend to spot some names in there. But, uh, yeah, as you said, said, Bradley Quinton knows this league well, got promoted out of it. So he knows what kind of player can do well in this league and I think he's brought some really good players in as well I think somebody from Folkestone Finn O'Mara the centre-half Finn O'Mara from Folkestone as well so yeah the, the, he's he, he's done exactly what I think any manager towards the the bottom end of the of the National League South should be doing which is looking and saying well these players aren't playing let's see what we can get and he's gone and he's picked three exceptional ones elsewhere from Kent he's, as he said there Reese Merrill Williamson as well uh, a very good player who's played for Welling before and you look at their squad and you just think that they, those are the right sort of moves to be making at this time. And as you say, fair play to Tony Russell. Tony Russell, another one of the good guys uh, in the county. And he wants to see his players. I, th- I think it's a, a win-win for him because his players could go there, have a great time, uh, be full of confidence when they and then come back to Cray. Because I, th- I think those players are still very committed to Cray Wanderers as well. But also, you know, it, it, it gives them a the chance to keep fit, which is the most important thing because... Otherwise, we're going to come back to a situation, and who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I think I think they're good signings by Welling. Um, you, yeah, some of the clubs are utilising the system well. I don't know if the National League could do those as well. Looked at it, but but there will be players who you know who could strive and prove themselves in this division that they can do it. And there'll be a lot of hungry players who maybe haven't played at this level before that clubs are utilising. And I, I'll be looking out for them, see how they do. 
Yeah, on the pitch, uh, there were some games over the weekend and midweek. Uh, in fact, just the one game ended up being played on Saturday because Dulwich, uh, who rearranged that game to play at Tunbridge Angels, they've now got cases, so that game was called off. Uh, but there was a Kent derby at Prince's Park, which means Dartford nil, Ebbsfleet United nil, and then both of those teams were in action on Tuesday as well. Dartford beating Tunbridge Angels 1-0, and Dorking Wanderers beating Ebbsfleet United 2-0. Those two, the top two, Dartford and Dorking, still going, but... Ebbsfleet are in a, a little bit of a worrying run of form, Matt, and those results haven't helped them. They're down in 11th now. Yeah, I think 12 games, one four, drawn four, lost four, is it? Don't score many goals. 14 uh, in 12 league games. Yeah, uh, well, so I think when we, um, I think back in when the squad was getting um, sorted out, I think we mentioned that plenty of attacking midfielders, midfielders, defenders, and not many out-and-out strikers, and that's a concern for them because they're not scoring goals. Um, have they scored them in their last league goal? Was Because they, they lose the hand before, and so yeah, they're struggling to score goals. So Dennis Katrib's got to look into that. Um, is it too probably thinking, I know in the position you're in, it's going to be tight for them to get win this division. So it has to be the playoffs for them, but they need to find a goal scorer from somewhere um, in these tight things. Maybe they could look at somebody in the... Um, in the Isthmian League, who scored goals a bit like Dartford did with Chris Dixon, see if they can snap somebody up who, who's hungry to score goals. But yeah, we always thought it would be a season for Ebsley to, to grow and maybe next year will be their year. And it's looking that way at the moment. So um, do you think they'll be disappointed how they're doing, John? I think so, yeah. I mean, they're five without a win in the league. And, and you know, I've, I've seen them a few times. They, I, I thought I was quite impressed by them at Eastbourne. And then I went to the game against Tom Joe's Angels and they didn't play particularly well. Obviously, the heavy defeat in the FA Trophy as well. And I think they, they will be frustrated. And for me, both times I've seen them, I've had the same sort of thought that they're, they're very good up until they get near the shooting point. But it's when they get there, they've not got anyone that out and out striker to, or, or enough out and out strikers. Bingham is, is handy, of course he is, but they haven't got enough there to just make sure that it's definitely happening for them and so you know it's, it's difficult it's, it's very difficult for them but you know anything can happen and uh, things can turn around very quickly and if they can go on a, on a good run of form then all of a sudden they'll be forgetting about this and fi- find the way of doing it they've had a bit of time off obviously they've had two games this week where they haven't scored they've not got a game Saturday but then if Tuesday it might just click and, and I think when it clicks Ribs at United I think they'll be a very very dangerous side yeah yeah I think yeah a bit of everything again, probably having a much momentum as well, games being off, but yeah, it's just a bit of a sticky patch for the moment, like a number of our Kent clubs as well. And I think you'll be, isn't conference out, aren't Eastbourne Maidstone next week? Is that next week? Yes, it is. So that's been moved to Tuesday night. So the, I'll run through the fixtures that are currently penciled in. Uh, it is Wednesday night, so anything can happen between now and these games. On Saturday, Dartford are away to Braintree. Maidstone are on the road as well as they go to Hungerford. And we know Welling United are at Oxford. Tunbridge Angels game against Bath has already been called off. And then on Tuesday night, Dartford at home to Billericay Town. Uh, Eastbourne Borough against Maidstone United, as we've just discussed. It's Ebbsfleet against Concord. Tunbridge Angels against Chippenham and Welling against St Albans. So hopefully those games will go ahead. Four of our five teams at home in that division on Tuesday night. Uh, and we could have some positive results and, and, and be looking in the right direction. But there, there, there's some tough games in there, especially uh, Welling, who we've already spoken about at length, home to St Albans, uh, Maidstone down here at Eastbourne. Yeah, so I think people ought to be looking. A bit. What I'm looking as well is how teams who haven't played for a while are going to react to the situation. Mates that haven't played any well. Good to see Tunbridge. I heard they were a little bit unlucky not to hold on against Dartford, but I suppose Dartford are 
the side's played a few games. So they'll be two in two, two in four days. They must have been jumping for joy about that. Four points in the bag. Which did, it, did they go top as well, Darford? Did I yes, that? they did. They've gone back to the top of the league. So they're two points clear of uh, Dorking and St Albans. But St Albans have got three games in hand. Uh, so that's going to be uh, interesting for them. But they're, they're doing what, they, what all they can do, uh, Darford, which is... is try and keep winning obviously held on Saturday but they did the job on Tuesday night and they I'm sure they won't care if Tumbridge Angels were unlucky because uh, they won it and the first goal for La- Nassim El Ghul as well yeah uh, yeah Nassim El former Dover man former Welling man um, always Steve King was a fan he had him at Welling didn't he so on his day uh, um, a tricky player and if he could add more goals to his game he's got a couple at Dover I think he, he can be a threat but he is a threat at this level so Disappointing for the Angels, but um, Dartford, they're definitely one side who want the league to continue, I would have thought. Yeah, into the National League uh, Premier, or well, it's just the National League, isn't it? Uh, no games over the weekend. Uh, da- Dover's game at Dagenham, the latest one to be called off. Uh, their game on Saturday is also called off, supposed to be at home to Weymouth, but uh, more more COVID issues for, for your boys, uh, Matt. Quickly, Bromley at home to Chesterfield uh, on on Saturday, their game at Dagenham on Tuesday has also been called off. Uh, but Dover, although they're not playing against uh, Weymouth on Saturday as scheduled, are currently still scheduled uh, to be at home to Boreham Wood uh, on Tuesday night. And uh, after the game was called off on Saturday due to the, the latest concerns at Crabble, there, I saw a tweet from a Weymouth fan, which I was only too happy to share with you, which just said, just fold. Uh, but it's worrying for Dover as well as it is for Welling, isn't it? Yeah, um, the amount of games uh, that Dover are going to get, particularly it'll be funny in a couple of weeks, unless they can rearrange somebody a game, if somebody's got COVID or the team's got COVID, that they're going to have a free Saturday because Macclesfield is supposed to be playing Macclesfield. So I don't, I don't know. Probably after this week, Torquay, if Torquay are probably playing, I think Torquay would, would have eight, they'd have eight games in hand of Torquay. <laughs> wow. And I think if we, we, we would, if, even if we won any, then we couldn't be top of the league. So. Games in hand don't really mean too much. So um, we did get wind that Dover, the issue was with both teams um, had the new, the second of January game against Dagenham. So um, Weymouth is off. Bournewood, if Dover are okay, that should go ahead because Bournewood is still in the FA Cup and they've got to, they'll be tested. So I'm expecting to be at that game next Tuesday. Wow. Because um, if Dover have any more issues, because Bournewood will definitely be there. So, which will be tough against Bournewood who, got some good players so but whatever happens Dover have got to start picking up points so one of the last four league games uh Borenwood so that doesn't bode well for you does it <laughs> I haven't even done my homework for that John and I'm feeling deflated already so <laughs> with, with, with the stat there but no Dover have got to win matches so simple as that so um yeah there's not much you really can say that I'll hopefully next week we'll have an interview um and I had Annie Hassan-Tyler and Nikki Southall being in the camp online saying that they think the season should be paused. So you can see where Dover are going in that way. And I, I still believe the season should be paused, but it should be finished. So, um, and again, and I'm not being, this is not being derogatory to the, t- the, the club that I love, but if Dover Athletic v Bournemouth is classed as elite sport in a lockdown situation, Surely there's something wrong because we're at the same position as we were in March and that got stopped. And the National League um, needs to have a look at itself, I think, from there. Dover playing behind closed doors is a different issue, but that's, you know, the money coming in. But is Dover Athletic v Bournemouth elite sport, John? 
Well, you can tell me hopefully next Wednesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> even, even, but you, you can see where I'm coming from there. Yeah, and I can. I'm, not and being, I, I'm not being derogatory to my, you know, I like if Dover played on a uh, in my back garden, if they had to come and play, I'd watch it. So that's the thing. I, I just think that the and some people will probably say this is, you know, Dover bottom of the league. Oh, you, you, you know, it's you know, you want it paused so you can do something with the team, but. I think it should be paused because of safety, because there's more important things than football. Then we go ahead and again. So what is the difference of pausing sport now when there's a thousand deaths today? I think there was. Yep. More than a thousand. Yeah. When it, when it was paused in March, there should be the National League needs to look at itself and pause it. I'm not saying null and void at all. I think we've got to finish, but pause it maybe to the end of January to see where we are, because if teams are travelling to all these places, it's only going to get worse. Um, incidentally, would you rather um, be homeschooling and not watching Dover? Homeschooling. <laughs> ah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I am concerned about the homeschooling, particularly my younger daughter, but that's a different thing because, you know, with myself and my wife working, it's very difficult. Um, um, so... I think sport should be paused. So that's this level. The Premier League is never going to stop. Championship's never going to stop. And I see the Football League is getting now getting tested. Mm. Why are those leagues being tested? And why is the National League being tested? And if the National League got to answer that, and if it doesn't, it needs to pause. I think the National League have got a lot of questions to answer, uh, and that is one of them. Bromley, as we say, return to action on Saturday. They're at home to Chesterfield. Uh, one point outside the playoffs, but they've got three point three games in hand on Altrincham, who are seventh. It's it's looking good for for Bromley at the moment. They just need to sort out their home form, and they'll want to do that against a a resurgent Chesterfield. Yeah, they lost at home to Solihull. Um, I love following teams' twitters because you know when Chesterfield were doing rubbish that like, you couldn't hear anything from their Twitter, Twitter, and then you because I follow all the teams in the National League, and when you start when they win a game, they all start coming out. You know, look at uh, you know. It does make me laugh on those sort of things. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, bold statement in the National League. Bromley, I think, can get in the playoffs. You know, we keep saying teams have got games down. Does it mean anything, John? I don't no, think it does. probably not. So, but I expect Bromley to get in there. And going back to Davis' thing, I think the relegation three spots are out of four teams. Ooh. So, there you go. Uh, on that basis... Um, Oh, to be honest, I was having a text chat with certain people and saying in the National League, if null and void it, because there's a couple of articles that come out today, how many teams in the National League would want to carry on, do you think? Including <laughs> South as well. Like Dartford would want to come on. They want to carry on before. Out of, the, out of the, how many is there, 72 clubs in the National League? Is pyramid? Not even that at the moment. Is there? There's 23 and a 21 and a 22. So, How many, is, how many do you think would want to carry on? Probably half, 10? Yeah, the ones that are doing well, I suppose. I think yeah, the yeah. others who are, the others will be looking at it thinking, is 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 this worth all the hassle at the moment? And we're not, like, we're not we might not go down, we might not go, we're probably not going to go up. Do you look at it that way? So it shouldn't. I keep, people might think, oh, he just wants it pulled off because Dover was that. That's not the case. He's got to finish, but there's got to be a point. They need to look at this, the national league. So um, from that point of view, so yeah, it's just. Uh, I think it's though, mate. You could probably put this on loop, this part of the podcast, for the next six weeks because we're not going to get anywhere, are we? No, we're, gonna, we're not. We're going to be asking the same questions and nothing will be done. 
And do I blame it? Probably the, the FA or the Premier League for not making a decision or just worrying about themselves. So, which has been like that for the last nine months, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's move on then. Let's do a quick update on our Fancy Football League. And congratulations to our regular listener, Sam Incasol, uh, for boshing, as he would say, 104 points last week. We've moved him up to ninth above me, uh, in fact. There was also an incredible, his words, wildcard performance from Corinthian manager Michael Golding, a full 13 points behind a man who this week who swapped West Ham for Chelsea. Michael, you should be so proud. And I still have my wildcard up my sleeve uh, how is everything else I mean I'm, we've already talked about homeschooling and, and all that and, and I know you've got stress at work as well which isn't probably helping you but are you keeping your, your pecker up so to speak uh, yeah it's it, it's it's busy at work because of Brexit and bits like that so it's just been one of those weeks so to be honest we've been going to bed watching telly in bed at nine o'clock um, it, it's it's difficult because of the kids that's one other thing and that is a concern because how we're here for the next amount of time and you know and the previous lockdown when I was furloughed we could give more time to the kids this time it's maybe less so and that is a you know the education should come first so that that's a, a concern concern of you know we can't really do much of the weekends you know we're out walking and so seeing family yeah it's it's more stressful now than I think it's probably ever been you know you know it's previously it was more of an inconvenience but seeing that go into lockdown as well and things like that it's just come a bit more real because it's more close to home because I'm knowing a lot more people who've got it through I work with and various things now so it's a lot more close to home if you see where I'm coming from absolutely it's 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 really tough at the moment and you know I'm feeling a, a bit of the strain as well and you just it's just really difficult because you can't you don't know what's going to happen. You know that things are bad. That our local hospitals on telly tonight talking about all the things they're cancelling, and it's like you know anything can happen. So we're just trying to stay indoors and and do everything we can, and and we're doing some bits and pieces. We've done a lot of sorting, but it's just when you get up in the morning, you get up and you think, well, oh, what's the point? What have I got to do today? And that's where it's really difficult. And you know, it's just the two of us here. So, well, and the two cats, of course, but uh, their IQ isn't really worth bothering about. But, you know, it's just the two of us. So we're, we're just spending all, all, all of our time with each other. And, and that's where it gets it, it puts a strain on everything. And it's it's really difficult. I've, I've been out running a few times, which obviously I'm allowed to do. I'm very lucky to live on the seafront. So I've got good running to do that. It seems we're going to get some more financial help. Uh, which is really, really good news for us. Uh, probably not such good news for your kids who are going to be paying for that for the rest of their lives, but uh, it's, it's, it's good news for us. And, and, you know, we're trying to see the positives at all, but ultimately we know we're going to be sat here for at least two months with no work, no prospect of, uh, of anyone coming to the B&B, and we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know how long it's going to continue for. And it is concerning because, you know, we need, we want this business to, to thrive, but it can't do that if we can't have any guests through the door. Uh, and that's where where the concerns come from. But it, it is hard and, and, you know, it's difficult. I understand that people there are people out there who are obeying all the rules and everything. There are people who who are choosing not to uh, and so on and so forth. But the more and more things I, I see at the moment, you just think this is a desperate, desperate situation. And oh, it's, it's, it's horrible. And, and all we can do is say to everybody, just obey the rules and, and stay safe. And hopefully 
they're talking about ramping up the vaccination program well let's get that done let's get the people who need to be fast tracked fast tracked get that sorted and then hopefully february half term is when they're saying they might want to send the kids back to school and, and that's where i'm sort of clinging to at the moment that things might be starting to ease a little bit so we've just but for now everyone's saying it's going to be a tough few months so we've got to suck it up it's not as if they're likely to have a bomb dropped on us like they were in the first world war all those years ago we've just got to get on with it we've just got to got, got to stay indoors and that's that's the biggest sacrifice we're being asked to make and if we can't make that sacrifice then there's a, that says a lot about us um but you know it could be worse that's what we've got to remember yeah and i'm not my you know I'm, I'm lucky i've still got my job so in some ways it's just it's just you know it'll be nice you know yeah it'd be nice if we went back to some sort of um normality with football and life in general but uh Again, there's a lot of, if you are feeling a little bit down, I'm sure um, John and I are open to anybody who wants to chat. Our DMs are open on the on Twitter and everything like that. But please make sure you stay safe. And if you can, try and not get too down and just think about the, the good times that will be coming, hopefully, uh, sooner rather than later. But and, and again, hopefully, even in this podcast, it's uh, an hour of, your, hour of your week. Hopefully, you can cheer yourself up. We haven't been that cheery today, have we? No, well, we don't, well, this, at least we've got more than four TV channels. Can you imagine if this had happened in like 1985? We'd have been like, oh god, this is awful. Um, I'm I'm going to have a bit of a, a a dig at Netflix here, right? So we started watching The Crown uh, just before, just after Christmas. We started watching it, and we've hammered through it. Right, we are halfway through the last series now, so we're halfway through series four. And I still am getting semi-regular emails, and every single time I open it up, it says. Are you enjoying this program? Let us know. I have watched 35 episodes of the bloody thing. If I wasn't enjoying it, do you think I'd still be watching it, you imbeciles? Are you enjoying it? (laughs) Yeah, I am actually, yeah. Yeah, I've watched 35 episodes. I'd have given up if I didn't. I'm also enjoying Beat the Chasers this week. That's always a good entertainment. Uh, I'm more of a pointless man, but... um... We've been going to bed. I've been watching The Serpent. Have you watched any of that? I've got it taped. I've heard mixed things. I think we're going to quite like it, I think. From what yeah, I've it's heard. good. We've done six episodes now and there's eight. So we will. Uh, my mum, it's one of these programs where it says three months earlier, then two minutes later it goes three months later. So you have to concentrate. And I thought of my mum my and dad always when they watch these programs, that annoys them the most. So when we had set, me and my wife were watching it, and then it's all three months. We both thought, oh, your parents won't like that. And I rang them and they gave up after two because they got fed up. You know, when you try to work out where it was. I'm quite enjoying it. I've done six out of eight. So I've got to finish it. So Good work. Uh, finally, because we have gone on for a long time. This is well over an hour now. Uh, you said you've been going to bed early. So does that mean you missed the uh, joy slash unbridled horror of the Swingers program on Channel 4 last night? I did miss that program. I didn't even know it was on. Wow, is all I can say. Uh, It's not family friendly by any stretch of the imagination, as you can probably gather. Uh, But it was quite the eye opener. Uh, Uh, It was one of those things you kind of didn't want to watch it, but you kind of couldn't stop. Uh, It was, uh, yeah, it was quite something. Um, Is that British or American? uh, British. All right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, All wow. I need to say is um, look up Siobhan, perhaps, and that oh. will put you off your dinner and oh, wow. any other uh, post-dinner activities that you might have in mind. Anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter. We're at Kent NL Podcast, a home of a, a, of a poll that had more than 300 votes this week, <laughs> don't you know? Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I am at John Pips 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard, both on Twitter. Uh, and as Matt said, if you want to get in touch with us, if you just need 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 to hear from from someone, we'll be more than happy to to get in touch with you and, and make sure that everybody's all right because these are tough times. These are really difficult times for, for everybody. And you can rest assured, we may sit here and say it's tough on this, but talking to each other and talking to other people is is what keeps us going. Even though Matt does try and phone me when I'm in the middle of doing bloody interviews for the podcast. Uh, if anybody wants to ring me and take the Mickey out of Dover, they more than welcome. Uh, well i mean i'm um, they're doing it for you so but yeah that would be uh that would be great for me i'm just hoping i'm not hoping I hope, I hope you get a result on tuesday if the game goes ahead actually um but yeah it's, you'll, you'll get a call at 10 o'clock if they do i, I probably will yeah so that'll uh, ruin my tuesday evening uh but yeah so Thank you very much to our guests this week, Jack Evans and uh, Brad Quinton, who both spoke really well on the issues and and obviously the the challenges that they're all facing. And I really, really appreciate their time. And of course, it goes without saying, we really, really appreciate every single one of you who's listening. So please stay safe over the coming weeks. Look after yourselves. Be kind to each other and uh, stick around because we are not going to go anywhere this time. We're going to we're going to we're in it for the long haul this time, aren't we, Matt? Yeah, we're going. We're going until season finishes in 2025. Yeah, exactly. We'll still be here talking the same old drivel and maybe Netflix will have stopped asking me if I've enjoyed The Crown by then. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kenley podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a like.